This is Call on the Field Stands. I'm Jeff Mapis, here with Ryan Denjeff. Got a couple uh, interesting topics tonight, both revolving, one revolving around MLB and the other around the new league. The XFL got underway this past weekend. So uh, we'll dive into uh, both leagues right now. Got some interesting topics, I think, on the docket regarding both. Ryan, how you doing, man? What's up, buddy? We missed last week. Nice to get back on the mics here. Yes. And uh, talk some sports. Absolutely. Going to have some very interesting topics. Uh, obviously, as we've been mentioning with NFL tapering off, uh, we're going to be getting into a lot more MLB. And that starts today with a lot of hot topics uh, coming from uh, you know, changes in the league and what might come and what is being proposed and all sorts of other crazy nonsense. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm doing well. Doing good. Watched a little bit of XFL. Got what six days off of football. That was, yeah, enough. <laughs> not a whole lot, uh, but it was interesting. And obviously, we'll get into that in more detail. But uh, yeah, how about you? How's your week of not recording? Your week off? Hectic. Things are crazy at work right now. Yeah. Same, same, same. I'll be traveling next week. Hopefully, we can get a podcast recorded somehow, some way. But gets hopefully something out there. But anyways, enough about next week. Let's talk about the now. And first thing I think we got up is, I guess we could probably almost go chronologically with how this different kind of stuff broke. Uh, I think the first thing was from a few days ago, a new proposed playoff scenario that uh, the commissioner had mentioned, which I guess might not go into effect, what, till 2021 or something? 22. Gotcha. Well, why don't you break down what those proposals are, what he was talking about potentially doing in 2022, and then we'll kind of give our yeah. opinions on and break down what that could mean in the grand scheme of the MLB. So he, Rob Manfred, wants to expand the playoffs to seven total teams in each league. And the way it would work is the number one seed, so the best record, would get a bye, leaving six teams, so three games. The number two seed, second best record, would, and they'd have to be a division winner, would get to choose from the technically three wildcard teams. Um, they get to choose who, who they want to play. So number two seed gets to choose who they would play. Um in the first round, which would be best of three. Um, then the number three seed, also a division winner, um, would get the the remaining wildcard team, um, the worst record between the two remaining wildcard teams. And then that fourth seed, uh, so the best wildcard team, if you will, uh, would host the remaining wildcard team. So that first round is best of three. And the two division winners host all three games at home, and then the best remaining wild card team. Well, you, okay, never mind. Gets to host that series as well. Saying. All three games is the proposal. So you'd have three three game series, two of which would be with the two division leaders or two division winners that didn't get the number one seed hosting three games all at home. Yes, against uh, well the wild cards, but the number two would choose. Which they want to face, yeah. basically. So after they, after number two, the way I understand it, after the two seed picks who they want to play, then yeah, okay, the gotcha. the worst of the remaining wild card pool plays the number three seed, a division winner, and then um, the the best, the number four seed, the best out of the wild card teams remaining would host the other wild card team that's left over. It's absurd. It, it's a lot. This shit is absurd. So you'd have four wild card teams. Yeah. And then your division winner, obviously, that had the number one seed would just sit around all day for fucking two weeks and do nothing. All right, so I, I'm just reacting. What's your thoughts? My thought is it's fucking absurd, mainly because, you know, no team is going to want to sit out for that many days. Like, we saw it a few years ago. Unfortunately, the Indians lose a 3-1 series against Boston in the ALCS the winner of that series was to go on to face uh, the Rockies. The Red Sox ended up coming back from 3-1, where the Rockies, in my understanding, in my recollection, won their division series or the conference series 
in a sweep or very close to it, if memory serves. So they advanced to the World Series, and the Indians' ALCS lasted forever. And Boston comes back from 3-1, rolls in and sweeps the piss out of the Rockies because they had... I mean, I think it was in large part because they sat around for two weeks waiting for that series to go. Like, no team wants to sit around and do nothing and have that long gap between playing in the conference series or the, you know, A or LDS, or ALCS or NLCS to go to the World Series and just wait around all day. Like, I don't understand what the thought process is. Like, how is it a reward for a number one seed to get all that time off? Yeah, I don't think it is at all. I mean, you always hear you want to be, you know, playing your, in any sport, you want to be playing your best. You want to be peaking, you know, toward the the back end of your schedule. And especially in baseball, you want to be hot going into the playoffs. That's when you want your pitchers rolling, batters rolling. What if you finish the year strong, then all of a sudden <laughs> you're, you're sitting around for, you know, yeah. three to five days, however long it takes until they commence the, the next and baseball is also like so much different than, you know, other sports like NFL. There's every team has a bye week anyway, so there's a built-in two-week gap during the season. That so they're used to that uh, planning preparation. In that case, they're also getting the piss beat out of them. So having that elongated break and things like that is a little bit more advantageous. NBA kind of same thing where you have built-in multiple days off. Uh, which the NBA is kind of weird. Their playoffs are entirely too long it's too long there's they should not be having game off day game off, like it's insane but anyways you have pitchers who are used to pitching every five days in a routine of i pitch every fifth day sometimes it's every sixth day if we had a day off but it's in that window and all of a sudden if they end the season and who knows if they're not even the last pitcher of the season who's going to start the next game so what if they're like third to last game of the season they pitch now they're waiting through all these series as the number one seed they could have like who know 13 days between starts which is no no pitcher who just went through a 162 game season is going to want to wait almost two weeks to pitch in a playoff game yeah it's so stupid i don't understand it throws things off so what what are your thoughts though on the overall idea of expanding and adding teams i think it's foolish of the MLB to even consider expanding the playoffs. There, the one great thing about baseball, in my opinion, from like, you know, just a common fan, not a diehard baseball fan, the playoffs become really intriguing, actually. Like their season is so long and the playoffs start really getting built up toward the end of summer. And then all of a sudden they hit and there's excitement about it. There's, there's so there's much more, um, urgency in the playoffs, obviously, where there's a feel that every single pitch counts, every single at bat counts, where you don't really get that out of the regular season, um, compared to a sport like football, where it's like every freaking game is important right. if you want to be serious about contending for the playoffs down the stretch. So I think the MLB playoffs are actually perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not per the playing game is kind of odd. You yeah, play 162 like game. games and then you come down to one game That's what to I was get in. Say. Like I is a prefer, little bit goofy. I prefer almost what they had before they even yeah. had the playing game. Just three teams plus one wild card. There's your matchups. Go to the playoffs yep. and roll. Yep. Uh, I like that. But if they want to expand it in that way, I think a one game series is stupid. It doesn't um, make sense <clears> with yeah. how long their regular season is. But I love that the divisional round is best of five. Then it goes to best of seven, then best of seven for the World Series. I pre- I like the format of, you know, once you get past the playing game, you've got that uh, best of five, best of seven, and then best of seven again for the World Series. So I, I think the amount of teams getting in is is perfect right now. And if they do expand, I, I don't like the buy thing. I, the buy I, thing is absurd. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, thinking about a little bit more, because I haven't really put too much thought in about the whole expansion situation. Um, and same as like the five games as I was kind of thought, like, why have five games, just have seven in every series? Like what's the difference, I guess, what kind of impact does it have? Um, what advantage or disadvantage would it give to a higher seed? I don't know that there really is any. Um, but that's another intriguing thing about MLB playoffs. Like every team probably just because there's so few games or so few series, like every team seems to have a legit shot. Like you could be a wild card team and win the world series. Yeah. Like we've seen that plenty of times. Uh, so 
I, I like the number now is fine. And the one game, like, I guess that's kind of the whole argument too. Like if you're going to expand it out to three games, now there's that layoff between the end of the season and the next, the beginning of the playoffs. How do you work that in? I guess the one game is fine. I still just say, you know, fuck the one game, but. I do too, but. It does make it a little bit more interesting and give that team that, like imagine a team making a run towards the end of the season gets hot, squeaks in that second playoff spot, and they could have a legit shot to win a World right. Series because they got hot at the right time. Maybe there was an injury earlier in the season that helped, you know, hurt them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm fine with it, but expanding it just doesn't make sense. And giving a bye is the most absurd idea I think they've ever uh, kind of come up with so far as baseball and trying to incorporate like some type of incentive. Like, why would that be any? It's like you would not want the one seed. I feel like teams wouldn't want to be the one seed if they had a layoff of a bye week. Yeah, like I, that's not an advantage. I I don't think I I don't think I would like it. Um, stay in your routine, stay in your rhythm, and play baseball. That's you know. Yeah. The other thing with uh, expanding is you're just making the an already long season that much longer, and it's not like I haven't heard anyway, and it's kind of difficult to do with northern teams. It's not like you can bump the start of the season up. Really, I mean, you're still already on the fringe in cold temperatures for right. northern teams. Uh, you know, when they start in in April, now you're just going to extend the World Series even further. You know, deeper into October and shit. Maybe even I'm not sure when the World Series typically ends, but it's definitely November. deep October. It's, it's in November. November. Okay, always, that's right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it even <clears throat> encroaches into November. Because I don't, I don't know if April they, to November, man, yeah. you're already there. Like, I don't know if they set the World Series dates because like I'm, I would imagine if both uh, league championship series sweep, they'd probably start the World Series yeah, I think right so. shortly thereafter. So I guess you could possibly see it October, but I doubt, I mean, yeah, that'd be a surprise. Um, it's already just such a long duration for the sport. I don't know. I, I If they're going to make changes, I certainly... Just just thinking five thousand foot view, I would not think elongating the the duration of the sport is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, of all the things you could change in in baseball, and we're going to get into some of the other uh, changes and ideas that they've incorporated. But this obviously would be a huge change for the game. Of all the things you could change, why don't we change, you know, the length of the season a little right. bit? Why do teams like, okay, we're going to change the playoff format, add teams, give teams buy, all this and that, all this weird, goofy stuff. Like, why don't you address the fact that you have uh, northern teams playing in the fucking snow of March? Like, why does that make any sense? Some of their scheduling is asinine to start the year. And then you got teams playing in cold weather, and then you got them going to fucking California, and then you're going to go back to cold or just staying in cold. So now they're like, whether they're whether their teams built like on pitching, batting, like how's the cold weather influences them while another team in, you know, a dome down in Florida is just playing like it's any other day. Like is that impacting? I don't know. Shorten the fucking season. It's not that big a deal. We got teams out here winning fifty four games in a season, playing relevant playing relevant games against potential, you know, wild card or division winners in the hundred and fifty eighth game of the year when they've won fifty games and gave up three months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we shorten the season and find ways to make it more interesting throughout the whole season? Shorten it, give a couple extra days off throughout the year, and then try to maybe, you know, if you want to add a team, a couple teams in the in the playoffs or something like that, then maybe it would make more sense. Like, if you shorten the season, you know, therefore one would assume you'd have less opportunity to kind of make runs and shit like that. Then maybe expanding the playoffs to uh, more teams could make sense. I don't know. But just doing their format of giving a first-round a bye week or the first ranked team, a bye is not the move that should be being changed. Like that's the opposite of what needs to to happen. Yeah. I think playoff expansion could be a good idea if they shrink their regular season so that they're still finishing, you know, in more so in October in my mind should be their target. But if uh, like you could almost expand it to eight teams, that's what I'm thinking. Just in that first round can be three, three game or five series. games, whatever, three, and then go into your five-game series, then seven, and it kind of adds, you know, because there are close teams down the stretch, you know, the wild card uh, and some divisional uh, chases are pretty tight, you know, within a game or two at the end. Why not give those teams a shot and see what happens in the playoffs? So I get that. That yeah. I think that aspect is cool. Yeah, and you could just incorporate ways, like let's say it's three-game series, you win the division, you get 
a three home game series. Sure. All three games at home. There's your your playoff series to advance the next round. Like that's advantageous to win your division and advantageous to have the higher seed. And you're more adding dollars more, too. more money, more uh, opportunities for teams to get into the playoffs and try to push and make a run. Um, a lot of different opportunities. But then at the same token, like you look at the, the NBA, but the NBA is so much different. Like you have almost too many teams making the playoffs. It's almost too easy to get an eight seed in the NBA that just gets fucking slaughtered by the number one seed. I think you'd see a lot less slaughterings, but, um, you know, that would be a lot more intriguing and be worth a you know conversation and make you think like okay maybe that could work if they shorten the season and did that rather than leave it how it is add a couple teams and give a bye week to the first uh, yeah. standings team but there there I've mentioned this before when we've uh, discussed MLB and its popularity and improvements they can make their grand finale the playoffs and then the big one, the world series is occurring in the heart of football season, man. Like late October, dude, that's when you're getting into some big college football games on Saturdays. You know, that's when you're really starting to figure out, uh, which NFL teams are for real and whatnot. Like they, they need to condense that down. I think that overlap of being concurrent with the NFL. There's really no avoiding that. I mean, the NFL season starts, what, first week of September? Yeah, it starts early. I, I get that, but I'm, yeah, you'd, you'd have the hype of the football season starting maybe during the playoffs if you uh, condensed it. But I just, I can't help but think, man, right in the heart week of the football of season. Week six of NFL season, and, and you're playing in a World Series. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's uh, just. Going back to this eight, though. I don't know. Eight doesn't make a whole lot of sense now. Look, so. There's obviously five teams make make the playoffs right now with the one card one wild card game. Uh, this would have left this past season in the American League, Boston, the Indians, and the eight seed would have been a seventy eight and eighty four Texas Rangers team Oof. to face off against uh, the Houston Astros in the first round. Do we really want to see teams below five hundred make playoffs? Same, like I said, same, goes back to the same conversation. We're looking at teams in the NBA doing the exact same thing, but like I said. It's definitely worth more of a conversation than what they're talking about right now. And you know, that's kind of a good point you make about trying to advance the entertainment value and factor of the MLB. I mean, you're competing with the beginning of um we're competing with the end of the NBA season and then the beginning to in your beginning of your year and then the end of your year is abutting with the beginning of the NFL. Like how do you find ways to make it just generally more interesting? Um, I don't know. I don't think the playoffs would ever get like how much more interesting would you make the playoffs by doing anything that we've even suggested though? Yeah. I mean, it's a fair is question. Is what it is. Who, and who it's knows? going to go up against the NFL regardless, but I still think the point should be shortening the season makes a whole lot of sense. 162 games. If you're starting the NMLB right now, there's no way you have a 162 game season. Like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it doesn't create as much like urgency. It like the NFL and college football, it it's hard to compare sports. I understand, but with their format, there's you got like every game is a must win game. Like you, you cannot slip up. Uh, the margin for error is not that large. Where in baseball, you and I just watching a game in, you know, June or whatever, like, yeah, you got to rack up wins, but you don't, you're not watching with the, in, the intensity that yeah. you would with, uh, with, uh, some football games. But it does compare like, you know, kind of going back to the comparison with the NBA, like there's lulls in the NBA season, uh, you know, right now, for instance, where how much, I mean, obviously every game matters. They got a long season too. But you got a long season and you know, the teams that are going to actually compete for the championship, we all know who those teams are, and no matter really what, as long as they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a top four seed, and it's not going to matter until you know the championship rounds. Mm-hmm. So just shorten the MLB season, like I said. Then you'll have, well, I guess you would still have you know shitty ass teams playing relevant games later. But if you expanded the playoff teams, those games would matter less, I guess. But the playoffs would mean just as much, and just the overall game to game would one would assume would be if you lopped off 30 games in the season that just makes every game a lot that much percentage more important i don't know it might be no matter what they do baseball is just 
is what it is. It's more of a regional type of sport. Like I, the Cleveland Indians are not going to generate national intrigue like ever, unless they have this extremely intriguing player, I guess that has a personality, but or dude, Mike Trout is the best player in the game by far. Yeah. And it's Like you said, it's like, market driven too. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't even, I don't really hear from Mike Trout. The, the whole, <laughs> I don't hear anything about him. I don't. I mean, that's the thing him. too. Like they're playing on the West coast. So their game start at 10 o'clock on the Eastern coast. Like, who is staying up at till 1 a.m. to watch Mike Trout? Like, not very often yeah, am I doing no. that. You know, the, the games are late as fuck from the West Coast. So you got your best player in baseball barely getting seen because half the country is asleep. Right. Like, it, it, it's just a flawed. Whereas, would you be more inclined to tune in to, like, a big Thursday night football game, even though it starts at 8.30 or something like that during the work week, which I get is a little earlier than West Coast. But... Oh, yeah, much earlier, really. But couple hours even nba if there's a late big nba game i ain't staying up till 10 to watch you know the clippers play the kings like <laughs> what if it's your own team maybe yeah maybe not my own team right now because the Cavs are well, booty they're, but they're poop you know if it's you know when we had lebron i'd stay up and watch them play the Warriors, but they would never market that game probably for 10 p.m uh, yeah Easter. you wouldn't think so I don't know. They just got a lot of problems that they need to kind of figure out. The popularity of the game, I feel like, is probably declining a lot. Um, the marketability of what people are able to see has declined a lot. The the MLB is not really doing it. I mean, we're talking about all these changes, and there's some rules changes, and we can jump into those a little bit. Um, all these different changes, and none of them seem to be geared towards making the game more overall popular and marketable to the general fan who might be interested. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Like Trevor Bauer made a good point on Twitter uh, the other day where he talked about um, there's an organization that basically owns the rights to all major league content. So you can't even post a, a highlight or a clip from an MLB game on Twitter because it'll get taken down because you don't have the rights. Whereas you can go on, uh, he was saying, you know, you can go on and watch NBA highlights all day long because the NBA doesn't give a fuck and they want to market and want to promote that kind of stuff where the MLB, you can't even really go on Twitter and find a lot of the highlights and, and, you know, the big plays and things like that, because they're trying to gain revenue off of that instead of popular, popularize the game. So you're losing a lot of marketability, losing out of a lot of fans and, and, you know, potential fans who may become more interested because they see it on a regular basis. So all these different changes and none of them seem to be geared towards making the game more popular to more people. And that's a problem. Yeah, actually, I, I've i got uh, Trevor Bauer's Twitter page pulled up here yeah. because um, this random lawyer was in his mentions, you know, kind of replying to the tweets you were referring to. Um, Rachel Luba is basically saying, like, Rob Manfred may not be as dumb as people are thinking. After they heard his postseason proposal, he's a skilled negotiator and has a strategy. Trevor Bauer basically saying, yeah, fair point. He agrees with that. Um, but then he says, my issue is more with the effort to change the game itself. The product is great. The packaging is terrible. Yeah. Policy, not rule changes are needed. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, the, the players, the game itself yeah. is great. The, the players are better than they've ever been. The pitchers are better than they've yep. ever been. They're hitting home runs more rates and longer than they ever have before. The defensive plays have never been seen before yet. Nobody's really seeing it all that much. Why is that? I think because the, the, their efforts to market the game are not where they need to be. It's yeah. not like the NFL and the NBA, uh, obviously the two major sports that most people in America pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You see advertisements for big NBA matchups where there are superstars involved on both teams, uh, especially for weekend games. Obviously the, the NFL just never stops man they yeah. i mean they market the, the draft like year round i i mean they're and like just you said they only play level. 16 games for the playoffs so every single game matters uh they're every weekend plus now we got mondays and thursdays only one they're, game apiece, so it's like a regular schedule every game is you know that yeah. critical and pivotal they're constantly in the news though even in the off season like in the spring i i don't know you still hear about the yeah. star athletes and kind of what they're doing and whatnot you, i just don't get the same thing with the MLB, really. They're yeah, not always in is. the news. I don't know. It's like OBJ can't go to the grocery store to get some milk without somebody right. on Twitter saying, 
OBJ wore slippers to the fucking mall today. Right. But who hears anything about what Mike Trout's doing in the offseason or Lindor's doing yeah. in the offseason? Baker Mayfield does something stupid or smart or whatever. He's he like Everywhere. all over. I mean, he's, He poses a picture with Saquon Barkley, and he's all over the news about yeah. how he's not fit enough and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he dominates just, a news cycle for five days. They, I don't know the last time I heard any news about Mike Trout. None. Who's the no, biggest, you don't hear about him. Who's the biggest you know, superstar in baseball of our I don't know, last decade, I guess. Since yeah. maybe Bonds and obviously like all the crazy back in the nineties yeah. kind of I, I think popularity. another another factor with that is the impact level a single player can have on a baseball team is just not close to the same that a single stud can have on an NBA team or a football team. Yeah, NBA is a little different. If NFL you're a quarterback, is, more yeah, so. quarterback is definitely. The if you touch difference. the ball, running back. I mean, receivers can have huge impacts on the game, not nearly as much as. Uh, I don't know. Obviously. I mean, defensive linemen are stars in the NFL, and and popularity are, wise, yeah. you got corners and safeties who are everywhere, linebackers who are everywhere. Uh, you know, Luke Keekley shocks the world when he retires. Yeah, that's true. So no, that's a good counter argument there's a lot there and i don't think you know there's plenty of people who can have that same impact in that way in baseball as you know yeah okay lindor's gonna bat four or five times a game and maybe put make one awesome play and mo- a, a couple routine but he's still impacting the game and you're still going out to see him and he's still the superstar on the field yeah, no, I think um I think regionally, um, yeah, those star players have a ton of marginal revenue. Like you're going to watch them. That's where your attention is at. My point was I'm wondering if, you know, Mike Trout, best player in baseball, should probably get MVP every single year, but that's not it's not the same as um it's it's, it's just it's like probably, not the same impact as like even Russell Wellsbrook when he won MVP, like him going off every game was a huge, huge reason why yeah. they won as many games as they like, did. Look at Dane Lillard, bro. Yeah, exactly. Dude is going on. But I mean, I think just kind of like off the top of my head, kind of rationalize it. Like, okay, let's say, you know, Miles Garrett is a superstar. He might make two sacks in a game, have a great, amazing game. Two sacks, one tackle. Stats, he made, what, three impactful plays. And obviously he's a star of the game, all that kind of stuff. However, when he's not making plays, there's however many other guys on the field who are. A quarterback's touching the ball every single every right, single time, right. which is the face of the team. A running back's getting the ball. A wide receiver's getting the ball. You know, they're throwing it at the cornerback. So there's some impactful player. Like, who wants to see some eighth man in the bullpen face off against some pinch-hitting guy who bats right. eight times a game or eight times a month? Like, that's not exciting. Every pitch no. matters in the MLB, of course. But it's a lot less interesting until those superstars get impactful in the game. Like while Mike Trout's not getting the ball hit to him and making great plays or not at bat, somebody else is, but that somebody else is a lot of times irrelevant and yeah. striking out and you know, your team average is three hundred, so you get six hits a game, you score two runs and you win two to one. Like how much market value did you just provide unless it's like, you know, Garrett Cole pitching against, you know, Justin Verlander for the first time of the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. That that could be part of it too. Like there's always somebody, you know, one ball, one handoff, one catch, one throw away. There's always that superstar who's right there in the action at every single moment of an NFL game where most of the time that's not the case. Like how many balls are getting hit to Mike Trout in a game? Six. That's right. He's batting four times and maybe get six balls hit his way. Right. So he's how many minutes of the entire three hour game is he actually involved in? Right. And if very, you if you keep few. the camera on him when he's not doing anything the whole time to try and talk he's him up, it's there. just like, all right, he's we, we've heard there. enough. It, it gets a little old. Yeah, I don't know, man. It it just kind of seems to me that uh, MLB is is what it is, just kind of a regional. You know, unless you're like the Astros, they obviously, with how good they've been, they're more of a national brand right now. Yeah. 
um, some Boston of those big markets, and New York, Yankee, they've all yeah. they'll always be the Dodgers you know, have and the Angels and everything. All have the teams with the money, right? The Cubs, teams with the money, put the best players on the team, market more and have more regional access than any other team, which is just like the NFL. Who the fuck's watching the Dolphins games? No, you know what I mean. But yeah, no one. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. They they should do something. Just getting more eyeballs onto the sport needs to be the main goal. Like get more content in front of people's face, any way <clears throat> possible, in any way possible. And like I said, all these different changes the MLB is implementing, and none of them are to you know grow the game. Speeding up the game is the next newest thing. You know. All the things we've changed, you don't walk, intentionally walk batters anymore. You just tell them to go to first. Okay. Who fucking cares? That's irrelevant. Yeah. We're focused on that. We're focused on what? The pitch clock that you have between batters and all that kind of stuff. And between pitches before you have to make your next pitch. They have a fucking little shot clock in the center field wall now that the umpires can look at. And between innings and shit like that. Like these are the changes that we're actually focusing on. We're focusing on this new uh, three batters pitchers rule where a pitcher has to face three batters minimum unless they come in in the middle of an inning and end that inning. Then they don't have to come back out. Otherwise, they have to face three batters. Like these are the changes that we're trying to make in the game so we can shave off maybe three, four, five minutes of an entire three-hour game. But we're not helping market the players or finding new innovative ways to get more fans you know, access to seeing what's going on with the with the superstar best players. What I I'm thinking about, I can't I can't decide if it was my age or if things were truly different. But you and I are both in our upper twenties, nearing thirty, bro. Oh shit! And true. I feel like growing up in you know the decade of two thousand to about two thousand ten, uh, even late nineties. It seemed like there you knew about every single superstar in baseball, and it's tough. Is that because of we were fans, or was that because they were? I don't know. I don't I was know. Too that, young to kind of realize. That's what that's what I'm saying. And you got to think there was no Browns for however many years when we were kids from '94 to '90 until '99. That window there was no football. But in, even in town. not even the and then when they not did, just they were the trash. Indian. I don't <laughs> know if it was a video games too. Like I used to play yeah, baseball video true. games all the time. I just feel like in general, you know, all the players around the league. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I, I don't know. The all-star games were awesome. Again, I don't know if that was my age or yeah. the era. I mean, growing up, dude, there were a lot of stud. We were in a time where there were a lot of players playing either in their prime or slightly just past it that people knew, like, this dude is going to be a Hall of Famer, like, I mean, think of the big names we had. Bear, dudes hitting over 500 and 600 home runs when we were growing up. Ken Griffey, yeah. Barry Bonds, uh, Jim Tomey, you know, uh, hometown uh, player for us following the Indians. So I just can't tell if it was it's better to, marketed there yeah. or if it was our age or what kind of yeah. influences there were to think Yeah, that. and it could just be our personal preference because we're both big baseball fans. We both base played baseball growing up as kids and all that. So we were more into the sport. Like maybe that attracted us more, or maybe it just was more widely, you know, viewed and paid attention to and the ratings were better and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Like it's, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who was around obviously in both eras and see like what their thoughts are on how the game is presented. I mean, that's the thing too. Like you have more opportunities now than yeah. ever, ever before with the internet access that people have, the availability of shit like Twitter where you can put, two minute clips on there, 20 second clips on there, see whatever you want to see. TV, obviously Sports Center was around, but there's more access to games now than ever before and more, you know, networks highlighting and talking about sports than ever before. Why does it seem like baseball is getting passed up when it's more accessible than ever before? Yeah. A lot of it I think is the fact that they're not presenting it enough. And yeah, ba- going back to Bauer's be. point, like I think that is very influential in what's going on in the whole the whole thing. Uh, but I mean, the players are still getting paid more than they've ever been paid, so somebody's paying attention. Somebody that's what generating revenue on these. I wish we could see um, accurate numbers. Like I guess it seems like they're they're still doing well as a league dollar wise. I would think so. Oh yeah, it gotta be, of course. But 
I don't know. What are your thoughts on this pitcher's rule? Speaking of. I don't know. I I guess I'm kind of neutral on it. Like I'm open to giving it a chance before forming yeah, too strong dumb, opinion, but, but how influential is it really going to be? It, it kind of reminds, like I said, of the intentional walk rule. Like everyone's like, oh, you, you're changing the game. Blah, blah, blah. Like who fucking really cares? Yeah. If no. you have to just tell a guy go to first. Or who cares? If, I like that rule. Who cares? Yeah, if you're gonna cares? walk in. Let's get it. Fuck it. Yeah. Send him to first base. Let's get your go. ass down there. Get this thing going. Uh, same thing with the pitchers. Like it's just gonna change the strategy of the game. Like a couple of years from now, it's gonna be a common thing. No one's even gonna really remember what yeah. it was like back in the day where you'd have four pitchers pitching one inning uh, in a row, batter, 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 new pitcher every single time. Like, does it matter? Does it really impact the game as a whole? No, it doesn't. Uh, so I'm fine with some of these goofy, weird, small changes. They're irrelevant though. Like, is it really going to have any influence on the big picture of the game one way or the other, whether you do something like, are they just doing it just to do it? Like how many minutes they're talking about speeding up the pace of play and all that kind of stuff. Like how much is that really going to change? Yeah. I'm, it's tough to say. I the don't pitchers know. thing. There are instances obviously where, I mean, like I said, four batters in a row face a different pitcher. Like that's a little excessive. That really slows shit down. Yeah. Um, how long do you think it cha- takes to change a pitcher? Two and a half, three minutes. You do that four times in a row, plus the pitches. Like you're going on a 35 minute inning uh, when you see four batters bat. Like that. I guess that's a little. Excessive. I see that, and that's fine to, to mix things up and change a little bit. But there's just so many other things that could have a bigger impact, like shortening the season. I think would be fine if they did it the right way. Um, it's it's more or less the major one. Like we shouldn't be playing baseball in the snow. You know. What no. I mean? We we don't need 162 games. No, no, I agree with your point. Like the, the content is just not there. Like, you know, we're in a a group chat where our buddies and I, you know, and us exchange highlights and just all sorts of sports related stuff. If there's an awesome catch, you know, from the weekend or something like that, or an awesome dunk or an insane, you know, LeBron play or something like that. You best believe that's making the group chat in the morning. Like we're seeing highlights of that. I don't know that we do that all that much with baseball. Yeah, like, I don't during think, baseball. Season, like, I guess you know I didn't I mean? really realize until like Bauer came out saying all this stuff, like how little highlights and things like that are actually on Twitter. I guess I never really thought about it. And now that he mentioned it, now like you said, like how you know, yeah, maybe that it, I guess that does make sense. Like, oh, why? Well, I, I guess I haven't really been seeing a lot of baseball stuff yeah, on Twitter. It's like if you just I don't know, you just don't see the amazing plays that right. you know occurs i mean i used yeah, to every night there's a, a whole several minute highlight reel of all the games you can yeah join together in dude sports one. center top 10 growing up with Stuart scott i couldn't yeah. wait to see right. all the baseball plays yeah. like i wanted only i only i only wanted baseball plays in the summer some people hated that it's a preference thing i think with baseball too um but yeah i don't know i love that i loved watching uh uh the web gems yeah. On what was that MLB tonight? Mm-hmm. Was that that show? Yeah, I don't know. I man, I used to love that shit. I used to eat it yeah. up. Like I couldn't get enough uh, awesome baseball highlights. And now it just kind of seems like I'm still watching football highlights. Like I'll go out of my way to look look up uh, highlights. Same yeah, with the NBA. Yeah, I, another I thing that I do that with MLB. Yeah, right. Exactly. And maybe like it's just more an accessibility thing that we haven't really noticed. Like I guess me personally, like, I don't know that I've noticed the lack of that type of content because i'm always looking for it also anyways just because i'm a fan and you know i want to see what goes on and i have a, a whatever mlb at bat subscription where i can watch basically a condensed game of every game that's played in the mlb the next day like so i see everything but that's me because i see that but on twitter i don't know that i see that kind of stuff on youtube i don't know that i see that kind of stuff and that's where shit's getting shared and new audiences that otherwise wouldn't really see it get exposed to the game right but uh, another thing that i would have to kind of look into i don't really know if if how much more they could do this or what, but they could also like, how many games do you play in division? It's a lot. Why don't they, you can condense that and spread some of these bigger markets with some of the top tier talent around the nation. Like how many times do certain teams come to uh, Jacobs field or progressive field in Cleveland? Like if there's a star in the national league on the West coast, how many times are you ever going to see him? How many times are you going to see the Rockies and Charlie Blackman and all them dudes uh, exactly. Come to Cleveland. I used to Why? like the. Let's shorten the games you play yeah. in division 
and expand to different markets, bring new markets around where they otherwise Absolutely. rarely ever are. I think that's a great idea. I grew up, uh, and then you could market the piss out of that. Look who's coming to town. Right. First time, you know, the, or only time of the year you get to see, you know, Mike Trout play against the Blue Jays or whatever. Right. I grew up uh, really liking uh, John Smoltz. And dad and I found out that Indians play the Braves at the Jake. We're like, we found out John Smoltz was uh, starting one game. We were like, all That's right. That's awesome. We got to go. I want to go see John Smoltz pitch in person. And we got to, and it was awesome. When was the last so time I, the Braves went to Cleveland, I bet? Man, I, I How many can't times remember. in your lifetime have yeah, you even I, had an opportunity to see a Braves pitch? Not many. Pitcher? So that, that's why when- Whoever it is. When we found out they were coming, I also like Chipper Jones growing up and, and all that. So as soon as we found out the Braves were coming into town, we were like, oh yeah, we definitely got to go to that game. Yeah, they, they should do, like those kind of changes are what I'm talking about. Like spread out who goes around, maybe shorten the season to make things a little bit more impactful. Shorten the season so you like can give more go? breaks during the week. Yeah. Concentrate the big. They need to have fluid scheduling, I think. Like not schedule. If they could manage it, which I think they can, they got money and logistics for it, but maybe have a fluid schedule to where you only schedule out, out to the all-star break. And then as you get a quarter out, from the all-star break, schedule the back end to make sure you're spreading markets out or getting quality matchups to uh, attract. Um, yeah, the, I don't even know if you really need to do that. Or maybe like a little bit like a flex, almost like the MLB flex. Games. I wish the NFL would would flex more games. Yeah. Like some of the Thursday night games are. But those are garbage. scheduled. It's just who play, like what time you play. That's the flex, you know? So yeah, you, know, yeah. you can change Sunday night baseball that's scheduled out three months in advance. And put a, a different team on other than yeah, the Yankees or the Red Sox. Like there's yeah. different things. Like that is another great idea. Like finding Absolutely. more opportunities to put different teams in a national spotlight um, and different players in a national spotlight. So there's those kind of opportunities. I think are where the MLB should be focusing their changes rather than spending time on should we implement this goofy playoff change rule or the three pitchers rule, batters rule, or whatever other. Nope, we were allowed one more one more roster spot up from twenty five to twenty six, but it's not allowed to be a pitcher. Like who who fucking cares? How much impact is that going to have? None. Yeah, that that was a dumb. None. I don't understand that rule. Like that, it, that it, it's irrelevant. We sh- there's so many different things you could be focusing on that change the game for the better and for the better long term, and they're not focused on the right things. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A lot of good points in there. I, I, uh, I'd like to do a case study on if. Uh, video games are affecting it as well. Yeah, that would be interesting. Dude, there are no quality baseball games being produced anymore. I mean, MLB well, the is show. Is the show still coming out on PlayStation? Oh yeah, PlayStation? it's legit and it's awesome, but only, you know, only on PlayStation. Only on PlayStation. Until there I think next year is is finally coming to all the other platforms. Gotcha. But I think like, EA how many Sports years? stopped uh, yeah. producing baseball games. I think 2K did. Uh I think the last 2K baseball game we had was like 2013 maybe something like that but i don't know how much that like the people who care enough to play a baseball game care enough to watch baseball and care about baseball there's so much more playable video game content out there that some people are going to find shit to play regardless and it's not like more i mean there's definitely the the fan the the player recognition from young fans is definitely i feel like has to be impacted like Absolutely. How, how many other There's guys? No doubt. We, we were talking earlier. We knew everybody. How much is that? It was because we're playing Ken Griffey Jr. Let's play Major League Baseball. Ken Griffey, Triple Play you know? Baseball, MVP <laughs> Baseball, 05 with Manny Ramirez, the GOAT. Yeah. But like Madden, how many people, how, how much popularity of players around the NFL are because so many kids play Madden? It, it's got to be high. Everybody 2K, knows Pat Mahomes, NBA, and all these other guys more so because they play Madden all the time. Absolutely, man. So there's, that's more there's like no the, question about it. Yeah. Maybe not expanding more fans, but like getting the fans exposure more, yeah, exposed to the entirety of the league, which helps in every aspect. But I definitely think, you know, spreading out the teams and who plays where and when and shortening the divisions and uh, all that kind of stuff could go a lot longer way to changing and getting more people attracted to the game than, you know, a a pitch clock between batters. Like, yeah, agree. The gray hairs will uh, bitch about shrinking the season because it won't be. Uh, they won't be able to compare stats to old Babe Ruth back in the day <laughs> anymore. Hey, well, that can suck my cock. But I mean, you'll never see it because the owners are going to see that as lost opportunities for revenue. Oh, and yeah. How are you going to convince 
MLB owners to lose out on, you know, 15, 20 home games or whatever the case may be. Good luck with that. Yeah. If the money's coming in, which we assume By is good. Accounts, we, I is, mean, yeah. we How many teams no are idea. losing money because they're playing too many games? I would imagine none. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't think so. They just cut payroll and let their best player in 20 right. years walk to cut the Yankees payroll, next year. Build again. <laughs> and then in five years, they're back yeah. up and, and moving. So I don't know, man. Something's got to be done in the right way. And they're not focused on the right things. In my well, opinion. I agree. And Manfred clearly seems like he wants to make changes and might be the type that plans on doing it no matter no matter what. Like he just wants to make change for change. And yeah, change is fine. Let's make the right changes. Yeah, you gotta make the right ones. So that actually expand the exposure of the game. How many people are like, ah, the game's too long. If only it was ten minutes shorter, I'll pay more attention. Like, come on. I yeah, come and on. I'm for improvements there, but like like you said, that's if not you're really, really the, concerned and there's statistics that show the games are too long, then cut it to seven innings. Like do something drastic like that. Yeah. I wouldn't no, it, I wouldn't want to do that person. They're not, but. They're not really uh getting into the meat and potatoes right. here. They're just kinda kind of scratching. Why, away. I don't know that they really care because like you said, they're making the owners are making money, which means the leagues making money hand over fist more than they ever have. So why make drastic changes? When yeah. to them, the money that's coming in is still greener than green. So and they'll be dead by the time the league fizzles out because of lack of popularity anyway. So what do they care? Right. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, this, I think the New York, New York Post broke the playoff expansion news first. We'll see if anything more uh, comes out uh, about the MLB. Pitchers and catchers reported this week. Yes, so, sir. you know, spring training is uh, right around the corner for, you know, the full rosters. So baseball's getting underway, kind of. Kind of crazy that yeah, it's I'm excited. started already. I can't wait to see the Indians field empty for the first four weeks of the season because it's fucking 38 degrees. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, opening day will be nice, though. It yeah, that'll be is. packed when it's probably snowing. And then that's the one for I will credit MLB. Opening day is like it's a, a huge ordeal. Day. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It's awesome. It is. Games are on all day. Everything's pumped up. Everything's publicized like crazy, all this kind of stuff. And then they just let it- It just like That dies. momentum built- like The that, next day. Yeah. The momentum they built up just fills out in a day. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. We'll see you in another hundred games yeah. or so. <laughs> see you in six Check months. Check back in. Yep. So, so we're going to move on to this new league coming up. The XFL got underway last weekend and we don't have to spend- a shit ton of time on it now since it just started, but what are your initial thoughts on the XFL um, and the product? So, all right. So, obviously, it, the XFL took Twitter over over last weekend. Everybody's talking about how great it was, how, how entertaining it was, and that's all true. I think that's all well and fine. I don't know that I'm too surprised that it got as much attention as it did. Like, unless the quality of play was so atrocious that – you know, people like everybody in the A was it AAF or whatever they called it uh, mm -hmm. from last year. Like people were pumped about that coming in that first weekend too. And then we saw the real true quality of the sport and it was trash. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think it's cool uh, if it's maintained financially and has longevity to kind of build within the cities. That'd be cool. I'd like to see, you know, cities that uh, don't otherwise have a lot of major sports. That could be an interesting way to uh, incorporate uh, more fandom, but expanding the league beyond what is it? Eight teams, I think, would be challenging to find the talent to s disperse that much. Uh, but the talent that we saw, like the quality, was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, at least the first day had some points scored, some big plays made. Some of the rule changes that we'll get into, obviously, were were pretty interesting. But in general, I, I mean, I'm, I'll watch it. I'll keep watching it. It's fun. It's, it's more football. I like the engagement that they have with. You know, the, hearing the coaches on the sideline call plays, hearing the re refs review plays in live time and hear what they have to say while reviewing plays, uh, hearing the conversations to the quarterback while he's under, uh, you know, behind the center ready to take the snap. Like that was cool access that you really never would see before. And then some of the rule changes like with the kickoff that we'll get into. But yeah, I was cool with it. It was fun. It was it was entertaining. I'll keep watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what about you? I think... Um 
what really helped was the production value of it. I, I yeah. think ESPN definitely aired games. Um, was the other one Fox? Did Fox um, have some games? I'm not sure. I know. Hmm, I'm trying to remember that. I guess just ESPN is the, what I saw. I didn't see all four of the games. I was at a concert over the weekend. I uh, saw the Lumineers at the queue. Nice. Which was incredible. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was on Fox too. So, so uh, the other day, this concert was on Saturday, Friday. I'm talking to my buddy at work and we both like, we're bullshitting, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And I found, oh, we're both going to the concert. He's like, oh, where are your seats at? I had no fucking clue. Like I was like, I don't know, up top, probably somewhere. I bought these tickets like six months ago, right? When they went on sale or whenever it was. Do we're like six row from the stage? Incredible seats. Nice. It was dude, sweet. That's awesome. I'm ready for like nosebleeds. And I'm like following the signs and this guy's like, oh, can I help you? And I show him my tickets. Like, oh, you're right down this way. And he walks down the stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Are we in the wrong spot or something? Because Hell this yeah. doesn't make sense. Literally, it was, we're in row six. There's three rows ahead of us, five, four, and three. And then two and one didn't even exist. So it's basically the stage right in front of us. Uh, so it was pretty sweet. The concert was incredible too. But uh, that's neither here nor there. That's what I did this week. And that's why I missed some of the old XFL. But uh yeah, having it on ESPN, having it marketed like it was, you saw commercials, you saw constant, you know, Twitter stuff about the XFL coming up. Everybody was talking about it. The fact that they went the the week immediately after the Super Bowl, I think, was a big deal. Yes. Um, so they did a lot of the marketing, and obviously Vince McMahon, the owner of the league, has run the WWE and now or the WWF and now the WWE for the last what two three decades. So when you talk about marketing. He's about as good as a marketing uh, a, you know, sports-related person in the world. So he understands how to get eyeballs on a, on product. So I think that was all all done well. Yeah. No, I agree. I So getting in, uh, into the weeds a little bit more here, I, I, the stuff I liked that uh, the NFL can't use everything that the XFL is going to use. Uh, but I think the NFL could definitely uh, learn a little bit from what the XFL did, uh, even after just week one. I like the ref, the uh, official transparency. That the NFL awesome. will never do that, I don't think, because don't we either. were talking before we started recording. Then they can't conspiracy theory, How is Alberto you know? Riveron going to be reviewing these pass interference calls all season and get away with the yeah. atrocious calls and overcalls that he consistently rejected failed he, he refused to overturn how many pass blatant pass interference or or the opposite yeah how's he going to be able to it gives talk up his way any sort yeah. of control that the if you have an agenda have. to stop coaches from throwing the red flag against pass interference by never overturning the call on the field you're not going to be able to talk your way out of that if everybody can hear what you're talking about right so, so they'll never do that i think i know the I fans thought it was awesome I know the fans it. would love it. Oh, they they loved it in the yes. XFL. So the other thing I liked um, is the kickoff. That was very interesting. I, the first time I saw because I knew there was a different kickoff rule, but the first time I saw it uh, the other day, I'm like, what the fuck is this? So they line up on the 35 opposite the 50 while the kicker is at the other 35 kicking off. And each team is five yards apart. Nobody's allowed to move over their five-yard line until the kick, the returner catches the ball. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like from the X's and O's standpoint, think of the stuff you could try to scheme on your return, like right, you know, and trying to defend that. Once uh, you, you know, you can actually have more elaborate blocking schemes. Perhaps I don't know. I was intrigued by that. You know, the NFL has been on safety. On yeah, they're kickoffs. talking about potentially just scrapping it out of the game entirely. Yeah, no, no, I and which I think I this was a for. great solution. This, this is a perfect solution, man. I'm I'm all for it. I think uh, the NFL should definitely adopt this and uh, and start it immediately. I was really intrigued by that setup. Yeah, I like that. Um, some of the other rules, like I think their their play clock was 25 seconds. Uh, the ball stops uh, every single play until it gets marked by the official. Uh, stuff like that was supposed to generate more fluidity and speed up the game and make more, you know, quicker action, I guess. I don't think that really turned into any more scoring. Um, yeah. That's kind of the question, too, though. So, obviously, great first weekend. Everybody loved it, et cetera. Do you think the talent, and, you know, based on what we saw this past weekend, 
will be sustainably quality to the point where the league doesn't crumble because of shitty players on the field? Yeah, so... Um, that's the biggest question. It's I a huge question, and that's why um, we can go down many rabbit holes here with this topic. So the first one, I'm going to stick with relating it back to the NFL. If the NFL gets behind the XFL financially, what if players that are cut in the NFL have a landing spot now to go to the XFL? Or you know, what if players that come out of school maybe a little earlier than what they should and go undrafted or something like that. What if they go to the XFL and build up their bodies? Maybe, you know, if the XFL can get decent coaches like Bob's, like a Bob Stoops, right. maybe get developed properly and then get picked up by an NFL team on their 53 man, or at least get asked to tryouts and, um, and camp to make the team. Yeah. So I just wonder if it's that actually paid minor league, yeah, like uh, a fallback for guys on the cusp. Yeah. Who basically give guys on the cusp a second chance at their NFL dreams. Like whether a guy gets in it comes out of the out of college, gets an injury that he loses his first season. A lot of times guys end up just having to retire when that happens. Like you yeah. missed an entire first year of your season, especially if you're coming out as a senior, sometimes fifth year senior. You can't afford to just miss an entire season. Like you're what, 25, 26 years old. Right. Poof, your first supposed to be NFL experience, it's just gone because of injury. Having an XFL could be a great opportunity to fall back and be able to hold your dream. I think that is going to still be the case, um, but I think it's going to be less enticing unless, like you said, the NFL gets financially involved, and that would require a lot of longevity and sustainable quality production and quality ratings on the TV, uh, TV ratings, people going to games, fandom growing and continuously generating before the NFL will even consider getting uh, financially involved. Like if the NFL can find ways to profit off of it, then of course they're, they would be interested in, you know, basically taking over the league or somehow joining forces with Vince McMahon and making it into like a second league for mm -hmm. guys who are on the cusp. And I think that would be really cool. Um, I don't know if there's enough financial incentive for owners to do that. And I don't know if there's going to be enough backing by fans to, make it profitable enough for it even to survive at all. Yeah. And I don't know how many you'd have to, I don't know that you could add any more teams than what they have. It's gotta, it's gotta be a small number. It, it'll never, a setup will never work, you know, for every single NFL franchise to have their own kind of no. minor league team because you got the NCAA. That's the, but I mean, system. you could have the 32 teams market share. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. entire league almost have an XFL post NCAA draft, or they could just be lumped into the NCAA draft for guys who are uh, like that. Um, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, cause you got practice squad now, what if practice squad, there was practice squad two, which was, you know, playing in, in XFL games, but also required the players to be getting paid. I don't know what the, the players are getting paid to play in the XFL right now. I'd assume it's not very much. Mm -hmm. um, and people think like, Oh, you know, a minor league for the NFL. Like they don't give a fuck about that. They got college. Um, yeah, but like I said, if they can find ways to profit off of it, that could help sustain the league. I don't think it's going to be more of a minor league. Like you're saying, like the no. Browns minor league team, it, it'll is in never Canton. get to that. Like there's not enough widespread talent to make that worthwhile. It's almost like the G league. Like who gives a fuck about the G league? Yeah. And there's only how many players in the NBA? Right. I mean, there's only 15 there's per only two team. rounds in a draft. And yeah. It's <clears throat> there's 15 players per team in the NFL. Yeah. There's 53-man rosters plus practice squad guys for 32 teams or whatever. So there's just not enough players to, I think, I mean, eight is probably a sweet spot at the moment. I don't know realistically how you can even expand on that, but the NFL could get involved if they can find ways to profit off of it. And I think that'd be cool. Yeah, no, it would be More cool. More football and is if, always If welcomed. they can market it... Um, to cities that don't have an NFL squad. Yeah, awesome. Um, like I'm thinking like cities that have, and I can't name a bunch. Um, so it'd be a little more regional for getting ticket sales, but thinking of cities that have like a really good, traditionally good, uh, minor league baseball team, like the Toledo mud hens were always actually popular, Yeah, you know, for being a minor league team. Um, they were always popular or like a city like Columbus. I know they right. have Ohio state, but professionally Columbus Clippers. They have uh, a hockey team and um, 
um, who's the other pro? Oh, crew, the Columbus oh, yeah, crew. Right, right. So like, it's actually popular there for a professional sport. Throw yeah. in an XFL team, all of a sudden you they might grow a little bit in popularity. Yeah, and, and the more I think about this, the whole like talent in the league, like if it was actually sustainable to the point, like why wouldn't the NFL gotten some type of involvement with the Canadian league players? I got a lot of guys in the Canadian league. Now you got the XFL. Like if there was enough talent already before the XFL, you would probably have seen something in addition other than just the Canada league. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see a lot of back and forth. Yeah. But it it would be that opportunity, you know, for a certain amount of yeah. people. Dude, what if what if uh Cardell Jones all of a sudden shows that he's somewhat competent? Yeah, NFL dude, needs exactly. backup QBs all the time. To, to it, anybody who thinks Cardell Jones, that's a good example, can't be a third string QB right now in the in the NFL, is fooling themselves. Of course he could. Yeah. You think he can't make a roster right now? Of course he could. But if he goes out, plays in the XFL, balls the fuck out, maybe he gets a chance to be the number one guy at a, at a team that needs a QB, make it take a chance. Or, oh, you can be the number two guy here, up his value a little bit by playing in the XFL. Like yes. He, he clearly made the decision to be a third-string quarterback in the NFL and probably never really get a legit chance to ever make it or go to the XFL, put your shit on display, improve, get great coaching from competent guys, play with other talent on a daily basis as a starter, and then potentially maybe that translates yeah. into more opportunity and in the NFL. Had the, XF, had the XFL been around you know, when he was finishing up at Ohio State, he would have been a perfect candidate to maybe think, oh, you know, I might not get drafted in the NFL. I really want to play professional football. Yeah, going to have to sign a piddly ass contract, or I can go to this XFL team and get paid just a little bit more and maybe prove my worth. That's the thing. It, it's got to be financially worthwhile for that individual. Right. Like, I don't know how much they're getting paid in the XFL, like I said, but if it's enough, if you can make NFL league minimum to play as a starter in the XFL, guys are going to do it. Yeah, a lot, and that would improve the content. And if if they keep the ratings up, they're going to keep getting advertisements. And yeah. if ESPN and, that, and Fox want to continue to run with it, you kind of got a wall right now where basketball, you know, there's little parity. You kind of already know who is going to make the playoffs. Like, and NFL is over. So you yeah. mentioned, you know, <laughs> but I think the timing is perfect. Being right. after the Super Bowl, let let that kind of subside a little bit, and then ramp it up, man. That makes me think like. That could be a way that if it grows enough that the NFL gets involved in some capacity, like if the XFL can grow just enough where they're paying their starters league NFL league minimum, you're going to see a lot of guys leave the NFL to come play as starters in the XFL. If you're losing your back end of your NFL roster, you know, to yeah. the XFL, would that maybe the NFL would just say, all right, we're just going to raise our league minimum. Uh, and that would be more beneficial for some of those players and entice them to stick in the NFL. Or maybe they're like, okay, maybe we could see this more as an opportunity to kind of, you know, get involved with the XFL. I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting topic to think about. Yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, extremely intriguing. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what happens with this whole league in, in the next couple of weeks too. Yeah. I mean, it obviously. You get hype on opening day. Right. What's like going to happen like next, next two, three weeks <laughs> yeah. now? You know, is it going to taper off? But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, I also have the thought of, <laughs> would it be worth a guy uh, leaving school early that knows he's ready for professional football to go get paid in the XFL and then go to the NFL. The only point that I, you know, obviously that's a talking point that people have brought up. The only point that that makes sense to is you would have to assume that players in college don't already get paid, which we yes. all know that happens. So, you know, you're not going to see a lot of guys leave college to go play in the XFL when they're probably getting paid more and getting more incentives right now to stick in college than yeah. go to the league. They'd be better off just dropping out. Sean Wade would have likely been a first round DB coming out of Ohio State and he came back for his senior season. He didn't do it for free. I assure you that. No. I assure you no. that. Travis Etienne at Clemson. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what I mean? So that would, like people who say, oh, it could be a, a minor league and guys can leave college. Like you're still a college player playing against grown ass professional athlete men. Yeah. Across from you. Like you're a 19 year old playing against some dude who's 26 and a fucking pro athlete. You right. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, a good that's part of it too. too. But also They're a little like more said, developed. You got to assume that. You got to take out the equation and, and just 
ignore the fact that college players aren't already getting paid, which they are, and their families are already getting some type of incentives. So good luck. The good ones are. Yeah. That were would be right exactly exactly the only ones who are relevant enough to go play in the xfl are already getting compensated to stick around and and they're making the rules where you can pay players now so yeah if you think chase young was only getting 10k yeah come on come on on. so So, yeah (laughs) no i agree i agree so speaking of that uh i haven't heard anything new on this paying players i thought they were supposed to have like official uh regulations by January last yeah. month well, hey, of 2020. It's a good teaser. I anything. Good teaser for next week. Let's do a little bit of research and jump on that for next week. See where that's at. Yeah, be um, sweet. You know, last I heard, obviously, we heard what was going on with, you know, the bills in California, and I think Florida was the other one. Um, shortly thereafter, when all that was discussion went on, uh, Anthony Gonzalez, who's now a state senator in Ohio, had talked about how he's getting involved with establishing legislation nation, for nationwide uh, ruling for this kind of stuff. But like you said, I haven't heard anything about it for several months. So no. that'll be a good, you know, teaser and, and good thing for us to do our little homework and report back on the podcast. What's going on with that? And what, if any momentum has occurred over the last several months since we last heard all this kind of stuff uh, jumping off several weeks ago. So, or months ago, I guess that was. Uh, but anyways, hopefully we will be, both of us back on the podcast next week. I'll be down south in Dallas, Texas, but hopefully we'll find a moment of time and slice out an hour or so to get on the podcast somehow through Skype or whatever the case may be. We'll figure something out and uh, try to get back at you next week. Got a new logo. Looks sweet. I'm excited for it. Going to see a little bit of that. Hopefully post some stickers around town, uh, get some more, more people on the podcast. So anybody listening out there, spread the word. Tell people about what we got going on because it's fun and hopefully we're doing a decent job. So if you like it, spread the word. And until next week, Jeff, been a pleasure. Good show, man. Peace.